This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Alright, alright. Party people in the place to be. Welcome back to Nerds from the Underground. I'm Johnny, and joining me today is... Fulci, what's going on, guys? That's right, we got Fulci, and in this episode, we're going to be getting to know him a little better, since you guys like these getting to know you episodes so much, and we're going to dive in to Fulci, or Matt, as I like to call him sometimes, and I'm going to start this off with a fun one. <laughs> I've been excited for this, so let's get to it. <laughs> Lost on a desert island bad religion album if you can only pick one man like which one would you totally bring uh it'd be suffer all the way suffer not bad right on yeah, it was the it was the first bad religion album i ever heard and i mean just for not just nostalgic reasons it's a fucking badass fucking record uh but yeah that'd definitely easily be my pick yeah oh dude between that and no control, like those are. Recipe, oh, agreed. Recipe for Hate has a has a strong emotional connection for me. That was like the first one I heard, but yeah, dude, Suffer just. I remember skating to that so much. Oh yeah, like that whole like era of bands back then was like the skateboard soundtrack to I'm sure millions of kids. All right, <laughs> yeah. this is it, man. Let's go for it. Gates of Hell trilogy, man. Which one is your favorite, honestly? Oh, the Beyond. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think I don't know. Is is that an unpopular choice? No, no, it, it, it's a good one. Honestly, it's it's a it's really solid. I just think House the Cemetery is maybe a little better personally. Yeah, but, oh yeah. But like as far as like. I'll pop House by the Cemetery on if I want to laugh hysterically, because that English dub is fucking amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And by amazing, I mean probably the worst dub ever put to film. Dude, I mean, the one for Beyond ain't that much better. Oh, I'm not saying it is, but it's that little kid's voice, man. Oh, yeah. It is the greatest thing ever. But but some of the reactions, especially from the blind lady in in the Beyond, yeah. at least the dub I have, I have like this old version. It's like a really yeah. kind of generic DVD version of it. It actually is called Seven Gates of Hell, so it doesn't even have like the American translated oh, Beyond. Oh, I got you. So like, I'm not sure if it has the same dub. I'm pretty sure they only have the one dub. But yeah, like it's a really some of her reaction dialogue is just yes. oh delivered so poorly. It's hilarious. Like. Yeah, I mean, there's, like, gold in all three of those films when it comes to dubbing and, like, just just some of the reaction shots. Yeah, I mean, City of the Dead is actually a good film, but, like, it really isn't on par with the other two. Yeah, it's, it's easily my least favorite. But it's not as bad as, say, like, Mother of Tears was to Argento's Three Sisters trilogy. Like, that one really... Oh, yeah, that one fell off hard. Yeah, he should have he just left it at Inferno and been like, yeah, we don't need a movie for the third sister. She sucked anyways. <laughs> like... <laughs> Agreed. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I can watch it, but I'm not a huge fan of Inferno either. It, dude, it definitely doesn't 
Lindwell as a follow-up as Suspiria. It, people shouldn't tell other people to watch it as, like, because everybody's like, hey, you like Suspiria? Watch Inferno. It's part two. So you'd be like, yeah. okay, it's it's Suspiria part two, so that's going to be even crazier, more colorful and stuff. And, yeah, that was around the time Dario stopped using all the, the rich coloring in, in his films and it was and started using like more real right. tones and yeah it just the music was way different it just was so different that i think if you tell somebody to watch it because it's a good dario film and it is like they can enjoy it but like if you actually try to yeah. sell somebody on hey watch inferno it's suspiria part two and like they're gonna be disappointed in my opinion at least i was at first when i first watched it yeah agreed same. Yeah, man. Any other kind of really rad Italian horror stuff you want to get into? Like maybe, okay, since we did Full Cheese, Gates of Hell, how about the Dario Argento Animal Trilogy, Bird with Crystal Plumage, Four Flies on Grey Velvet, or Cat of Nine Tails? Which one's your favorite? Uh, I'm going to go with Cat of Nine Tails. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I know that that's not everyone's favorite choice, but... I just I get more of an enjoyment out of that one. It's a good one, man. I, I'm a big Four Flies fan, just because of how different it is from all the rest of his films. The fact that it's kind of a comedy, like the with the weird, yeah. the, with the the gay detective and everything, like, and then right. and then the scene where they go to like that place where like they have all the like the the kind of neat futuristic fancy coffins for rich people to get buried in. They have like the whole scene where like the guy's talking to the PI there, and I'm just like. Man, those coffins are fucking hilarious, dude. Like, <laughs> it, it was almost as funny as like if you watch Roma by Fellini, and they have the the Holy Roman Catholic fashion show. It, it's like on par with that, like, but with coffins instead of religious clothing. Right. Like, <laughs> got handed to the Italians, man, with just coming off the wall with that. Yeah, man. Surrealistic, like, hilarious shit. That whole like, I call them spaghetti horrors, like. Fulci and Argento and Bava, like all those guys in that time were just, I love those films so much. <laughs> and a, a lot because they make me laugh, but like, and an artistic approach as well. Yeah, and and the music. Oh, go like, Goblin the, rules. <laughs> well, well, Goblin and then whoever Fulci and Bava got to do the, the scores for their films too, because they all had like those really chilling kind of like type music but like with several layers and it built and yeah like it was basically what my favorite horror film of all time ripped off phantasm yeah and if you watch that you could totally see that don coscarelli loved the oh, gates yeah. of hell films there's no if ands or buts about that right and it and he made a good one for america i mean like that Phantasm's my favorite horror film so yeah that uh, i love I love all the Phantasm movies, even the the newer one, the fifth one. <laughs> yeah, dude, I don't care what anybody tells me that. It may not be written and acted like any of the other ones. It may be kind of like a sci-fi channel movie version of Phantasm, but it's still fucking amazing. You got, like, Reg and a midget yeah. and, like, the giant balls big enough to, like, shoot lasers into cities and stuff. Like... <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, I I have no complaints for with it, you know what I mean? And I liked the different endings that it gave you to choose from, which kind of went back to the style of the first Phantasm film where you kind of saw three different versions of, like, all the scenarios. Exactly. And you kind of decide which one that you actually thought was real. Right. But all right. Yeah, I never knew that was your favorite horror movie. I think that's fucking awesome. I love that movie. 
I, dude, it was one of the first movies I ever remember watching with my dad. Yeah. And, and when I was little, because I'm a construction worker too, just like him, so he didn't really get to hang out with me too, too much when I was little. He was always away on jobs. Right. But my sister had really bad asthma, so when she had to go to the hospital, my dad would come stay with me, and we'd rent weird movies, and I don't even remember how young I was when I watched Phantasm with my dad, and I just, it dude, it literally terrified me when I was a kid, but I, <laughs> but that's things that did that that I had I, I still have that emotional connection to I, I find in later life and just enjoy and like Phantasm oh, told sure. me that for me but I never stopped watching it like when the new ones came out like it was like an event for me and the pops you know like dude Phantasm 4 Oblivion <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> which is my favorite of the sequels actually I love Phantasm Oblivion just because of all the unused footage from part 1 that they edited into right. it it's just oh yeah. so fucking good yeah, I can sit down with like that whole whole run of films easily anytime and have a an awesome time watching them. And that the score, man, like that main theme. I don't care what anybody tells me, that's the best horror theme ever. Even I love the Goblin Suspiria theme and some of them Italian ones that Coscarelli ripped off for the Phantasm theme, but I don't know, that jingles like the best one ever. I I love it too, in man. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. You'll get no argument from me. But let's get back to what this episode's usually like. And Matt, yes, sir. When you were mm-hmm. young, how did you get into comics? And kind of what was the first book after you were already a fan that changed the game of comics for you? Made you realize that it was more than just people that wore underwear on the outside of their pants. Um, like I got into comics. I guess you're pretty standard cliche kind of way it was i was just a kid and uh when there were still actual newsstands around and i just you know i saw something with a you know crazy color palette on a cover and it was around the time when like i believe it was like death of superman and spawn and x-men like the claremont jim lee x-men number one yeah, like around 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, I, if I remember correctly, uh, the the second clone thing with Spider-Man was going on at that time. And I want to say one of those books was the first comic book I ever purchased with my own money. That was back when they were like 75 cents, right? For like a Marvel book? I think they were like 75 cents at that time. Yeah, I believe so. they, they were, you know, something you could spend your pocket change on at that time still, I'm pretty sure. Yes, <clears throat> I remember I, I didn't actually go to a real comic book store till I was like, I don't know, around 10 or 11. Like I got mine at gas station spinner racks or at grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think there was a comic shop in my town. I remember like a lot of like like sports cards shops and stuff like that, but no, nothing ever specifically for comics until I was much older that I actually found one. And it was like a couple towns over from where I grew up at. But yeah, Spider-Man, Ben Riley. I'm going to lose all my street cred in comics because... I liked Ben Riley, and I still kind of do. Like, I think I'm missing maybe 12 issues from, like, that entire run that went on for way too long that everyone hates. <laughs> like, but I love Ben Riley. You can hate me for it, but go fuck yourselves. He's the guy that became the Scarlet Spider, right? Yeah. 
He was the, uh, you know, the clone that supposedly died back in the day, and then they redid it to where Peter Parker was the actual clone, and Ben Riley was the real one, and then it spun out of fucking control for like two and a half years or something, because <laughs> they didn't know how to wrap it up nice and pretty, but... Hey. Well, I gotta say, man, I always liked the Scarlet Spider's look, dude. Just like a hoodie, blue hoodie with the sleeves cut off. Right. I thought like, I thought he was like the coolest looking of the Spider-Man, probably next to Spidey 2099. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. He he looked way more like your neighborhood Spider-Man to me than Peter Parker did. Like this dude just threw on a hoodie and was like, "All right, I'm gonna beat the fuck out of some people." <laughs> like, and, and then stop and play some hoops in between if he like feels like it. He's like sees a game going. He's like, "Hey, you guys mind if I do a little skirmish?" Right? Yeah. You know that motherfucker, <laughs> motherfucker can dunk, so you good. <laughs> but um, as far as like when I realized comics weren't just like your Saturday morning cartoon vibe, was vertigo man i mean the, jesus christ there's so many books that i could name um I, i'm gonna go with preacher though that was the first one that i was like holy shit you can do whatever the fuck you want to do with comics <laughs> <laughs> and that's still hands down like my favorite comic book story of all time is preacher it's, it's a good one man and yeah that's i think that's a lot of people's gateway into vertigo yeah i'd have to it was one of mine like i kind of went with that and then i jumped right into hellblazer but at the time the trade game was so messed up for that so like it basically yep. like they only had original sins so I, I read the first 12 of delano and then it jumped all the way to dangerous habits and then yeah so it took a long time for me to backtrack and read all the jenkins and all of delano stuff but yeah i didn't get the full treatment you got but yeah i got as soon as i got done with with preacher i immediately started to just read anything i could get my hands on that had ennis's name on it and hellblazer was definitely the next thing i think i went and just bought a handful of issues that had his name on it i don't even think they were in order but then from there i started like if i'd find a couple random issues here and there and i didn't have them already i'd just pick them up and check them off the list and it took me i don't know how many years to get the actual full run of hellblazer all 300 issues the most of the mini series and all the annuals and one shots and shit but that took so long and is definitely the crowning jewel of uh, my comic collection on a personal note i think i might actually know the answer to this one but i'm gonna ask it anyways because i'm not 100 percent positive <laughs> but right. your favorite run of hellblazer who wrote it Ooh. Uh, that's so hard that's really really hard i mean i love there's so many classic runs um but i'm gonna go I gotta go with Dangerous Habits. That was, like... I think that pretty much drew the guideline of what Constantine as a character would be all the way up until present day. Like, Delano's run was amazing, and I, I could reread Delano's run anytime and love every 
page, uh, but I think Ennis really set the standard for what the character would become. And, yeah, I'd, I'd have to go with Dangerous Habits. Oh, man. Mine's going to be a weird one, but I forget what it's actually called. Is it called Freeze Out or Freeze? The one that Az- Azarello wrote with John Constantine in the diner with the with the ice monster that doesn't exist. Man, I yeah. loved that arc. I think it's Freeze is Over. Freeze is Over, yeah. That, yeah. That was... That, out of all of the arcs, man, like that one is probably the one that just entertained me the most. Because I just loved yeah, the uh, way that um, Marcelo Frozen drew that just devilish smile on John's face because he knew what was going to happen to every one of those people in there. And oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That man, there's so many runs, and like I'll, I guarantee you, I'll be thinking about this later on after the episode. I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, I forgot about that run or this run. There's, I mean. 300 issues there's there's so much that'll pop into my head it's weird because i do say that mike carey's run is my all-time favorite but my two actual favorite arcs are from azarillo i like also like good intentions the one with the hillbilly town and the the black web porn like yes <laughs> that's, such, that's <laughs> such a great arc man yeah uh, i mean azarillo's run was was phenomenal <laughs> it was different, dude. Like, he literally took John, not just to America, but to, like, yeah, different places. Like, all, all four of his arcs, um, Hard Times, even, what was the last one called? Um, Hell or High Water or something like that. Something about uh, High Water, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, dude, like, it, it wasn't as long as some of the other ones, but, yeah, dude, he really took it to, like, on a left-hand path that was different than... It was good, man. Like that—that that yeah, was the great yeah. thing about Hellblazer is everybody brought their A game to it, and it was always just. Oh yeah, it, man. There's there's legit not a bad run in my opinion. Like I enjoyed the whole series, and for 300 fucking issues, that's that's pretty fucking special. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most under talked about runs was Andy Diggle's. Yeah, I think it's because it's so easy to shit on Andy Diggle because of. Shadowland, that people just kind of discard anything that yeah, he did at that yeah. around that time period because he was doing Shadowland around the time he was writing Hellblazer, but maybe that's where all his talent was going because yeah. like the magician who laughs and like the other stuff that he did for that, like he did like what four arcs, and they, they were all pretty solid. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean he had fucking John crush up uh, Saint Nick's bones and snort it. <laughs> like I mean. When you're snorting Santa Claus like cocaine, I mean, come on, you know it's. And he be brought back awesome. some of the fun characters from the Ennis <laughs> run, like Map and stuff. I was like, that was cool. Like Map yeah. was a neat character, so. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I, I don't hear enough people give Andy Diggle's run love. So, Andy, if you ever hear this, man, as a, a tried and true Hellblazer fan, I, I appreciate your work. <laughs> so um did your folks read comics at all or was it kind of like a handed down type of thing no no it was it was just walked into a newsstand my dad was probably grabbing a paper or something i was just like hey i'm gonna pick this up because it looks pretty <laughs> That's cool, and, and that and you still formed the obsession, so that that's wonderful. Yeah, I, I mean, I got out of comics fairly early. 
Uh, I wasn't in them to them for too long, maybe a few years. I had maybe like a long box, because most of them were just in terrible shape. Because <laughs> I'd just read them cover to cover all the time. And then I got older, and I started getting into bands and playing drums and touring and shit. And this, I didn't really have time for any of that anymore. And uh, then I got back into them, because my good friend... Troy got me back, even though he tried to get me to read Jeff John's Green Lantern around to get me back into comics, and that didn't work very well. But, yeah, he uh, ended up, I think he let me read 100 Bullets and Why is the Last Man. Ooh. And that, yeah, and those got me going again, and I haven't looked back since. That's what I'm talking about, man. 100 Bullets. I know the answer to this question, but for the fans at home and the people interested, what kind of music are you into, man? And, like, what are some of your favorite bands? Um, I mean, I'm all over the spectrum, but I'm definitely, like, your typical punk rock hardcore kid at heart. I've, I toured a lot playing that kind of music. Um, and, yeah, old school punk all the way. Do you ever play in any ska bands? Do you know any of them polka beats that... Kind of the I mean, I've played, you know, where I played in punk bands where you you'll hit the ska riff every once in a while. Um, it wasn't. I never played in any straight, straight up ska bands by any means. Not that I was opposed to it. Just you know, none of the bands turned out to be ska bands. Some of the bands I was in were probably way, way worse than any ska band. But yeah, no, no all out ska that I was a part of. Ah, that's a damn shame. But <laughs> uh, this is this is another cool one for for people listening at home because you are as into all of this as I am. So I'm just going to kind of give you the floor and let you explain the type of films that you're into and the type of media that you watch. Go ahead and just open up about that because you are into some cool shit. Um, I mean, it all started. I mean, I'm just a a horror fanatic for the most part, um, and of course it all started with, like, in the 80s as a kid going to, you know, video rental stores, and the best part of my life back then was, like, you know, staring at the wall of amazing VHS covers and getting to, like, grab a couple of them just purely based on the artwork of the cover, not knowing anything about the films, and... From there, you know, my knowledge started to grow. I knew what made me laugh a lot, especially when it comes to horror at a young age. But yeah, man, 80s horror is is my favorite thing pretty much ever. And yeah, as far as media, like, I don't watch a lot of stuff online or anything. I'm not streaming movies ever. Like, if I think I'm going to like a movie, I'm going to go buy it. Um... Like, I won't watch uh, TV shows that are getting hyped on. Uh, I try to stay away from anything spoiler-like as much as that's fucking possible these days. But I'll wait till a show is over and you can actually get your hands on a physical copy. And I will go buy it. And if I don't like it, I can always slap it on eBay and make at least half my money back. But usually I'm... Um, pretty good judge on uh, if i'm gonna like something or not so 
I'm definitely a hold it in your hand guy. Oh, with with media, I was kind of meaning more about the the type of Japanese and Asian movies that you also watch. Oh, come on, you already know Takashi Miike all the way. Yeah, yeah, man. I was just wondering if you would name drop the king, the the god king of film. Uh, of course, of course. Uh, what's your favorite man. film of his, by the way? Just wondering. Ah, uh, it's. Why I totally I was totally thought out this was gonna get brought up too and I try I'm thinking way too hard it's on the Masters of Horror. Oh, you like Imprint? Um, yes, Imprint, dude. That movie is one of the most fucked up things I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, it's it, it like it's hardcore. I'm not gonna lie, dude. It it is. I yeah, it is. It is so hard to watch, but somehow like such a beautiful film at the same time like i don't i don't think it, those two things have ever been mixed better together well and, and takashi miki did us a favor of hiring that actor billy drago because like the movie's so just distraught and like terrifying and terrible but then his acting is just so over the top that like he brings you out of it and you can crack up a little bit otherwise i don't think the damn exactly. thing would be watchable man the, the, the with, under the fingernails with the bamboo ooh, fuck that Oh, and then yeah. into the gums. Ah! Yeah. yeah, that movie is fucking hardcore as fuck. That's um, the first movie of his I yeah. saw, and I was just like, "Really? Yeah." I, the first thing I saw was Imprint, and then like I was, I hit my friend up because he knows like all about the Asian movie scene, and I'm like, "Yo, dog, I just watched this this thing," and my dad, my dad's terrified of me now, but like I, I need more, and he's like, "Okay, well get <laughs> get dead or alive, get get Ichi, and get audition." And I did, and yeah, the, the, but the, the weird thing about it is his kind of gore horror stuff isn't my favorite. I actually like his crime dramas best. I think he is really, really good at doing noir, and his, his like crime noir films are just oh, yeah. fucking epic, man. Yeah, no fucking doubt. And he always slips some like gross shit in him anyway, so if you like that stuff, he, he it's, it, it'll be in there somewhere at some point. Something's going to get put in, yeah, something's gonna get put in somebody's butt, just like in the Garth Ennis comic. It's going to happen. <laughs> uh, him and Ennis need to get together and work on the project. Yeah, the, 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 the something in the butt boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the name of their team. <laughs> oh, rated PG-13, coming to a theater near you. Yeah, maybe they could work on the uh, pro movie together. The pro, directed by Takashi cool. Miike. Yeah. That would be fucking cool. He's directed, like, two English-speaking movies. The imprint was English-speaking, and then so was Sukiyaki Western Django, so I think he could probably do an American film. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, Ryu, Ryuhei Kitamura has done a ton. The guy that made Versus, like, he's made, made like, Midnight Meat Train. He made, um, what was the one with Luke Evans? Where? Uh, I, know, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, he's made a co- quite a few like American films, so I'm pretty sure Mike could if he wanted to. Oh yeah, and I, I know for a fact he could. But yeah, so anything else you kind of want to share about yourself before we wrap this up, brother? Um, shit, I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm terrible about talking about myself. Um, what was the coolest trick you could do on your skateboard when you were a kid? Oh, fucking hurt myself that was easily the best trick i could pull (laughs) i could almost kick flip but like yeah i mostly ollied and manual yeah i I was not a graceful or good skater by any means um 
it was just mostly just started as how I could get around faster than walking. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's literally mostly what I used it for too. But it also it was you know cool. Right. When, I mean all my all my boys at that time were doing it. You know, so of course there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of the like you know all my friends are doing it, so I need to do it too kind of vibe. But I mean I got. I found a lot of music that I still love today because of those motherfuckers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I learned about, like, Sick of It All. Because, like, I didn't... I, it, hardcore was, like, an unfathomable thing. I just discovered punk at the time. And my one friend, John Fonzioni, he, like... He went through puberty late or something. Like, the dude literally sounded like a broken megaphone when he talked. But, like, he does, like, dude, you gotta quit listening to that pansy pop stuff. Here, check this out. And I put it on, and I just like, dun, 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 dun. And I was just like is this so yeah yeah man that sounds um pretty much my cousin uh handed me a tape of uh of the bad brains uh black dots and yeah the first time i ever heard that was was a game changer by far yeah boy but all right folks that was getting to know our good buddy Fulci. And this has been another really fun episode of Nerds from the Underground. You can find me, Johnny Alpha, on Twitter at JohnnyAlpha81 and on YouTube at Graphic Vandalism. And you can find me at Fulci on YouTube. That's right. We are a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network, and we'd be more than thrilled if you would check out and listen to some more of the episodes on the network. But until next time, aloha. See ya.